Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here for today's episode. This is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use the code Locked On at the checkout, and get $10 off your first order. And I teased our guest today, and it is, if I can take my host hat off right off the start, it is one of my favorite Milwaukee Bucks players of all time. He was with the franchise for four seasons from 2005 through to 2008. He went on to be an all star and an NBA champion with the Cleveland Cavaliers. It is, of course, Mo Williams. Mo. Thanks for taking the time in a, a really busy week for you. It's been busy, Kane, but listen, um, I always got time for guys like yourself. Um, you know, shoot your questions. I'm ready to answer them. Well, I, I have to start with congratulations. I said it's been a busy week. A couple of days ago, you were announced as the head coach of Alabama State. Uh, I, I have to ask because the, the introductory press conference was from uh, via Zoom. We're via Zoom right now. Uh, how has this whole process been for you in a time like this? I couldn't imagine well, a more crazy time to be signing up. You, you know what? That, that question has been asked for me multiple times about the process of all this and how we're doing interviews and how the interview process went for me to get the job. You know what? The excitement is the same because I don't know any other way. You know, I didn't go through the normal process. I don't know what the normal process feel like. Um, but I know this process was 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 great and the the feeling I have now is is full of excitement, uh, full of motivation, you know, kind of a, 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 you know, anxiety going over me because I'm just so ready to get started. I'm so ready to get down to Alabama. You know, the pandemic is holding everything back. So for me, it's just kind of trying to move forward as quickly as, as I can. So you've moved into a head coaching role really quickly considering, you know, it was only a few years ago that you were playing – and I, I was curious towards the end of your career which path you were going to go down. And I want to play some audio now. I, I hope you remember this from your time in Milwaukee. And hopefully you can hear this as well. That's my show. That's the Mo Williams show. <laughs> hey, Bucks fan. Thanks again for tuning in to another show of the Mo Williams show. We have a special guest today, none other, the one and only Mo Williams. <laughs> I, no, I had to play I had to play the Mo <laughs> I had to play the Mo Williams episode. What do you remember about the Mo Williams show and did you ever think that you might just head down the media path? Well, you know what, it was fun. And and that's the thing, that's the beauty of pro sports. You know, we, we practice two hours a day and obviously during the season we play games, but it's so much time um to, to kinda it, it, to, to creeping endeavors that you may have and you want to pursue um, off the court or even after basketball. You look at guys like Damian Lillard where he's doing doing um, rap albums and he's doing he's doing that on the side and multitude of like LeBron, let's go with LeBron. He's doing things like doing schools and, and all the other things he's doing, movies and everything. So for me, doing all these things, I did that. I actually uh, – you know, 
did NBA TV. I actually did TNT. I actually did all those things as uh, far as broadcasting. The year I retired, the first year I retired, I actually did some work with the SEC Network, going to their studios and, and, and um, doing the color analysis for games. I actually did a game at the University of Alabama as a color analyst. So I actually was doing a lot of a multitude of things just trying to decide exactly where I wanted to continue my career. I knew it was going to be something, but I wanted to be sure what I wanted to do. So I just wanted to dive into those things, uh, uh, you know, and, and see where my passion lies if I really wanted to do it. And that leads into coaching. And I did the same thing with coaching. And every time I did it with coaching, I, I left that feeling like, you know what, I'm eager for more. I'm eager for more experience. I'm eager for more knowledge. I'm eager. So I knew that from therefore. Therefore, uh, on, I knew that was where the route I wanted to go. So, therefore, I just kind of tapped into my resources, tapped into my network, and found my high, uh, not high school, I'm sorry, my college coach, Mark Godfrey, at the University of Alabama, got the job at Cal State Northridge, where I took an assistant coaching job the last couple of years with him. And the, the beauty of it is someone I know, someone I trust, someone I love, and the, the feeling is vice versa. And he knew my goals. He knew I wanted to be a head coach. So basically, these two years really prepping me for this opportunity. All right, Mo. I had to get the Mo Williams Show question out of the way early. After the break, we're going to dive right back to the start of your time with the Milwaukee Bucks and work through uh, some of the memories you had playing for the franchise. Before we do, I have to remind everyone about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They have 16 amazing flavors. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. They're great for the health-conscious guy, Mo, like yourself. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Great before you go out and get some buckets. Great after. And the good news is we've got a sweet deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. If you use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. So if we go all the way back to the summer of 2004, you have your rookie season with Utah. Uh, the Jazz don't match the offer sheet with the Bucks, And it was an interesting time for Milwaukee to come as a young point guard because uh, they drafted TJ Ford a year before. He obviously had a really serious back injury and was going to miss the whole season. So you come into a situation where uh, you, you know you're going to get more opportunity in Milwaukee. What do you remember about uh, first signing that deal and, and what thoughts were going through your head about playing for the Bucks? Well, for one, I was going into my second year at the time, so I didn't give a damn where I signed. <laughs> I just wanted to be an NBA player. Um, but the opportunity, it just presented itself. I was coming into it my second year in the NBA, signing with Milwaukee. Me and TJ Ford, you just mentioned, was drafted the same year. Milwaukee drafted him number eight. Utah drafted me 47 in the second round. We was in the same draft, same year out of high school. We were the top two point guards coming out of high school. Um, he went to Texas. I went to Alabama. We both left after our sophomore year. Just to give you a little background of that relationship, we are best friends. I be honest with you, it's crazy that you brought up TJ. I just talked to him an hour ago. Hmm. So at the end of the day, how that process happened was he ended up getting injured, injured toward the end of the year and had to miss the following year. So obviously they needed to find a point guard, and that point guard was me. And I came in, and, I, and because TJ was injured, I started every game that year. 
And without that opportunity, I wouldn't be the player I am today because that allowed me to grow. It allowed me to get experience. It allowed me to know what I need to do to get better, to be a better player, to be on that level as starting point guards in, in our league. And that gave me that opportunity. And the next year, um, you know, and that's another teaching tool that I teach kids, my kids um, at Alabama State. I started every single game my second year. The third year, I come in with Milwaukee. You know what? TJ's healthy. He's back. Guess what? TJ's a starting point guard. Now, I'm a starting point guard. I'm young. How do I handle that? Do I be, you know, a disgruntled player where I'm complaining all the time? Or I do it uh, things the other way. I chose the latter. I chose to be a great teammate. I chose to give whatever opportunity is given me, take advantage of it. Those things I did. And with that happening, I, um, I was able to be the starting point guard the following year. They traded TJ. <laughs> you know, and I was I had the opportunity to start and, and kind of prolong my career from there. So I want to fast forward to the playoff series against Detroit. And I always wonder with players at that point, obviously you guys had a kind of a strange mix of, of veteran players and then a lot of young guys like yourself. Um, obviously, Andrew Boga came into the team. I can bring him up. That's my one Australian I'll mention during this podcast. Maybe, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> and then... Uh, this was a series that the Pistons were obviously a really experienced team. They're coming off a, a lot of success. How, how do you go into, as a player, a 1v8 series and, and try and tell yourself that, yeah, we, we can get through this series. We can win. <laughs> no. We <laughs> knew we won winning that series. Okay. So it's not Brandon Jennings, Bucks in six. Let, okay. let me clear that up. But uh, we went into this series. We lost 4-1. to one. We, we won uh, one game. We was down 3-0 and then ended up winning a game. Um, that was it. But at the same time, that same team that Detroit we played went to the Eastern Conference Finals that year. Matter of fact, that was 2004. That was the year they won the, won the championship. Matter of fact. Um, or, or the year after. I can't I, – I, I can't. Um, that's a long time ago. But <laughs> the point I'm making is we had no chance to win that game. Um, they was loaded. They was a veteran team. They was battle-tested. You know, they had four All-Stars. The previous, that was the year where – Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, Chauncey Billup, and Rip Hamilton was all all-stars. And Tayshaun Prince was – he could have been. You know, so at the same time, they was loaded. They was really good. They was one of the top teams in the NBA. And to be honest with you, that was my third year in the NBA, and I was just happy to be in the playoffs. <laughs> I was happy to get that experience. Uh, you know, they showed us what championship basketball is about. And that changed my whole mentality of how I train the following offseason. So the one game you did win game three, you actually came off the bench. You had 20 points, nine for 10 from the field, and only 17 minutes. And you scored 13 points in the second quarter. And I watched this game again, and this is where the game was, was close. And so those 13 points came at a really important period. It obviously was a blowout in the end. What do you remember about that game for yourself? Well, you, you do your research. Um, <laughs> one thing about it is, man, that, that really captivated my confidence um you know that game alone I, I was I'm always a confident guy I was a confident player but that let me know I can do it on the stage and that was in the playoffs and be a factor and be someone that can come in and contribute and help to win um so that like I said that just uh, catapulted the the my mind frame to going into the off season to prepare differently than I did in the year before and that just continued to grow and obviously, I got the opportunity to go to Cleveland. And obviously, we was on a brighter stage where I had to be prepared. 
So maybe my favorite shot as, as someone who's watched the Bucks for 20 years of all time was the shot against the Pacers. I'm sure you remember this one very well. Down 13 points with only around four minutes left. Uh, Michael Red, I, I think, scored 12 points in those, those final uh, four minutes. But uh, I don't know how vividly you remember the last play, but, but what do you remember rem- about that game, that shot? And if you want to run I us rem- through. I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, one thing about me, my memory is great. Um, <laughs> you know, so that, that, that game was kind of weird. You know, um, if, you know, if you do your research on that game, I mean, J- Jermaine O'Neal killed us. I think that game he might have had 54 points. It was something crazy. Um, they was playing really well. It was a good Indiana team. And, you know, we just kind of got to the point where you get down the stretch. We, we made a run and we got a little close, but it wasn't close enough. So we had to foul down the stretch. And they just kept missing free throws. And every free throw they missed, we look up like, wow, we, we may have a chance if they miss this free throw. And I remember when the free throw came off and Bobby Simmons got the rebound. And he kind of turned, and and Michael Red popped out because he wanted it, and um, he was our go-to guy, and which it should have went to him, but they kind of denied him the ball where they couldn't get it to him. And just like myself, I'm confident. I know I can make it. <laughs> I started clapping for the ball, and um, obviously it got into my hands. And I remember when I was dribbling up the court, I'm looking at the clock on top of the uh, backboard, and I'm, I'm looking like man, I got enough time to kind of get to the rim. But then I started to remind myself in those two seconds, I had all these thoughts in two seconds. I'm really not that good finishing at the rim. <laughs> so I'm more comfortable shooting this jumper. And if you really look at that highlight, I actually shot the ball with about three to four seconds left on the clock from about 40 feet. And it's number draws. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that range you shot that from. That's uh, that would be considered a normal shot now, but back then that was deep. Yep, that was Steph Curry range. Exactly. Who Steph Curry was? Exactly. Uh, now I, I always have a lot of people ask me. The last two summers we were talking before we started recording, uh, or last two Australian summers, I've moved to Milwaukee, and everyone always says, "Why are you leaving an Australian summer to go to Milwaukee in the winter?" And I say, "Well, the, the NBA, the Bucks are playing, and for you, uh, summer of two thousand and seven." I'm sure a lot of people always ask you, there was a lot of noise about Miami were chasing you pretty hard. They were a, a team that had just won a championship. What do you remember about the uh, summer for you re-signing with the Bucks for what was at the time, six years, 52 million? That's, that's a big deal. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, that changed my life financially, obviously, um, you know, for my kids and my family and things like that. Um, but I, I actually really wanted to go to Miami. I really <laughs> wanted to go to Miami. Uh, I remember going down on a visit. It reminded me of college. They kind of recruited me. They flew me in. They kind of showed me the town and took me out and just whining and dying, man. When I left there, I was like, I'm done. This is a done deal. I'm here. This is Miami. <laughs> Milwaukee, Miami. No-brainer. You know, so – and they were just coming off a championship. I mean, Pat Riley there, he was actually coaching at the time. And it, it was great, you know. Um, but what happened was, you know, you, you – that's where leverage come in. That's when I learned about leverage. <laughs> and when I went to Miami, and after two weeks of going back and forth with Milwaukee, and they didn't want to give me the price I was asking, all right, well, I'm going to open it up for other teams. I took one visit to Miami. That night when I landed back home, I got a call from Milwaukee saying the owner <laughs> wanted to meet, 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 uh, meet with me in the morning. Guess what? The deal was done that evening. You know, so – 
Um, I thank Pat Riley and the Miami Heat for giving me that money because they did that. Yeah, that deal is interesting to look back at because uh, I, I wanted to ask you about that. You basically answered my next question because from the fourth year on, you basically had uh, options there that were favorable to you. It was, a, it was a great deal for that time. There wasn't a lot of deals out there. The six years obviously isn't something they have now. But in Milwaukee for four years, three coaches, Terry Porter, Terry Stotts, Larry Kay. As a young guy, you've already spoke. You're trying to take your opportunity. You're trying to build yourself in the league. Uh, how, how do you deal with having a different coach basically every single I mean, day? It was, it was definitely difficult, but it's no different with, uh, being a, a young kid and just kind of uh, trying to find the right word. Just don't know what's – you know, you don't – you haven't been in the league long enough to understand that three coaches is not a good thing. You know, for me, I was just happy to be in the NBA. Whatever coach coached me, I'm just going to go out and play hard and do, do things the right way. So at the time, it didn't bother me that much. But latter, the latter part of my career, when I got into my 10th year, 11th year, and you've been playing against guys like Tim Duncan, like Kobe Bryant, that only have one coach, been at the same um, – well, Kobe had more than one coach, but been in the same place, haven't left, kind of had some stability. That that helps you. And I, I got in the latter part of my career when I played with, you know, certain teams and have to move and learn a new system, uh, move and learn a new city. When I started having kids and things like that, it became more difficult. And then you realize and appreciate stability. And that's something I've never had, uh, which made me stronger, which made me the person I am today. So I appreciate those moments, those adverse situations also. But at the same time, um, it was tough. But at the same time, when I look at LK, Terry Stotts, and Terry Porter, all three of those guys, guys, I, I can pick up the phone and we communicate today. Uh, we have a good relationship. Terry Porter is a uh, head coach at the University of Portland. Um, Larry Kay is the head coach at the University of Utah. And Terry Stotts is the head coach at, at, at Portland. You know, so those guys I still communicate with. Actually, during the season last year, I actually flew up to Portland and spent the day with the Trailblazers. You know, so those, yeah, I had three different cultures, but those are three different relationships that I still have today. So the trade came only one year after signing the deal. And for the Bucks, I mean, when you look at the players that were involved in the deal at the time, you'd come off a fantastic season for the Bucks. You averaged around 17 points, six assists. Uh, you were really starting to ascend. They trade you away for for Adrian Griffin, Luke Ridd now, Damon Jones, effectively a salary dump. What, what are you thinking during those trade discussions? And you get to, let's be honest, I mean, you go to a pretty damn good situation. I was excited. You know, the, the crazy part about it that, that people fail to mention, that summer I got traded, I had two surgeries. I had hernia surgery and I had thumb surgery. This, this summer before I went to Cleveland. So I was excited. But I was still, uh, I was anxious to get there, but I was, I, was, I was a little nervous because I had to rehab the whole summer. Um, I didn't have summer to, to really get in the gym and work on my game. Um, so all I had to really do is go on confidence in 2009. And the crazy thing about it, in 2009, guess what happened? I'm an NBA All-Star. What, uh, I, I, before we move on, I have to ask you about the championship before we wrap this up. I don't want to take too much of your time, but... Uh, if I asked you for uh, your number one memory or something that when you think about Milwaukee and your time in Milwaukee that you go back and instantly remember, what, what would it be? Well, I was a kid. You know, they helped me mature to a man. I was there four years, um, four beautiful years. Um, I was a fan favorite. 
had some great moments there. You know, I have friends that I have there for a lifetime. Um, Milwaukee will always be a special part of my heart, along with Cleveland. You know, those two places I've been there forever. Utah has a special place in my heart uh, because they drafted me, and I actually went back in the latter part of my career and had a good year there too. Um, you know, and, and and now that I'm thinking about it and talking about it, I've, I've had it great experiences everywhere I go and I'll, I'll go a little bit further you know Portland was a great experience because that's where young Damian Lillard was a rookie when I when I was on that team and that's one of my best friends today so that relationship catapulted from there you know Minnesota I was able to be in Minnesota with Flip Saunders the, um, the year he passed you know and, and just to have those memories and have those moments with him was special Charlotte I had Steve Clifford there Great guy, great coach, just a straight-up real dude, someone that – like, I've, I've had – there's no nobody I can talk about my experiences that I can say, man, I just I just lost – I just wasted a year. Like, it's, it's nothing. I took something from every situation that made me the person I am today. So, the last question will be around the, the championship. And uh, – it was really cool to see as a Barcelona fan. You had that, that early run with the Cavs, as you said, you were an all-star. And then in the end, your last game, your last moment on a, on a basketball floor is winning a championship. Uh, what's, what's your memories of that last season? I know, again, we, we joked uh, about Dali. Obviously, you were teammates with Dali also had a, had a run with, with the Bucs. But uh, what did that championship mean to you right at the end? Well, one thing, first off, me and Delhi, man, we had a great relationship. You know, even <laughs> though we played the same position, fighting for the same minutes, it never deterred our relationship at all. We never had a conversation. Energy wasn't different at all. So I would say that about Delhi. I respect him a lot. Um, but the greatest memory is the, is, the, uh, is the parade. I mean, 1.4, 1.5 million people in a block radius. We only went around one block. There was 1.5 million people in a block radius downtown Cleveland where we was driving on our cars in the, in the, uh, in the parade where they had the barricades up, but it was so many people where they was in the street. They was in the street and I'm not, I'm, I'm, I cannot make this up. We was in the car where we was feeling people feet getting ran over. That's how close they were to the street in the car. So those experiences, that I'll keep for the rest of my life. I'm talking about standing on top of uh, light poles. And then you thinking to yourself, like, how the hell did they get up there, first of all? <laughs> Not how they're going to get down. How did they get up there? You know, and it was just an amazing thing to see in this day of age where 1.5 million people can be together and not one person out there mad. Everybody's happy. You name another place that can happen like that, you know, I'll be pleasantly surprised. But 1.5 people, million people in one one place, everybody excited, everybody happy, everybody celebrating. I mean, you can't ask for a better memory. Uh, I mean, it, it it was it was it was uh something you can't cannot explain. I actually thought, and you had such a big impact in games six and seven of that series when you when you came back into the rotation. It was kind of a shock that you retired. I know you had um, some knee issues at the time. How close were you to coming back to playing? And, and was that a tough decision or the fact you win a championship it, in your last game? It was, um, it was a tough decision. If you, if you kind of go back in, in, in the uh, 
in the blogs and, and all the write-ups and things like that. I kind of said I, I said I was done. I said I was coming back. Then I came back and said I was done. It's a tough decision, man, because you wake up and you do this for so long. I mean, it's something you love to do. But at the time, I was fighting with uh, my next um, chapter in life. I knew it was at the end of my career. If I came back, it was just for that last year. Um, so I, I wanted to get go ahead and start the process of my next endeavor, which leads you to uh, while we're on the phone today. Um, I decided I wanted to get into coaching. And at the time I retired, um, it was coaching my high school teams. And then it kind of catapulted into obviously a Division I uh, college level. But at the same time, it was tough. Um, at the time, I was 13 years in. I had one year left on my deal. Um, actually um, fulfilled that, that, that part of my deal, which makes 14, but I just didn't play that year. Um, I had surgery after the, after the championship. I had to rehab. I wouldn't been back until January anyway. Um, so it was hard for me to, to, to get up and, and rehab one more time. Me, being that in 13 years, that was my sixth surgery. You know, so when I had my sixth surgery, I was like, man, do I want to go through this whole process of rehab? And I mean, it just takes a lot of mental strength to get through injuries like that. And especially at the point of my career where I was, where, you know, I'm not playing as much. That was the first year that I wasn't in a rotation in 13 years. So that, that was kind of frustrating for me. So I was dealing with a lot of different things at the time. So I had to kind of sit back and really talk to myself in the mirror and say, hey, what, what, what do you really want to do? What's really important to you? And the two things that stood out to me was the next part of my life and my family. Those are two things that were most important to me at the time. So that's what made me to, made the decision for me to retire. Well, I think uh, you spoke about the parade. I, I think the, the way you went out, uh, a, a lot of athletes or players would, would love for that to be their last memory. So, uh, I, again, I know it's been a, a- – That played a huge part in it, you know, because <laughs> at the end of the day, I, I sat back and said, man, what else you want to do? You've got this thing. <laughs> right. You know, what better way to lead a game by winning your last game? That's yeah. one thing I say. A lot of people can say – your last game you ever played in the NBA, you won. I can say that. Well, yeah, hopefully there's a, a lot more winning for you. As I said, I've thrown a bit of a curveball here because uh, I know you've been talking about uh, taking the role with Alabama State and coaching all week, and now I've just peppered you with Bucks questions. But uh, you are still, I can tell you, you're still a fair favorite. You're one of the guys that people talk about the most in the, in the city from those teams in the mid-2000s. So we really appreciate you taking the time during a busy week for you. I appreciate it.